welcome to On Wednesdays We Watch One Tree Hill, the podcast where a bunch of nostalgic millennials sit around and talk about a TV show from the early 2000s that they either grew up with or have never seen before in their entire lives. As always, I'm one of your co-hosts, Brody, and with me as always is Jesse. Oh, hi. And Caitlin. Hello. He must have known it was time to unmute my mic because my dog <laughs> just stopped barking. <laughs> There we go. And today we are talking about season three, episode 11 of One Tree Hill, titled Return of the Future, which, fun fact, is a song by Scooter. Nope. No idea. Not not an idea. No, 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 no. Doubtful. Highly doubtful. Um, Should we just dive right in, kids? We need to because I've. Yeah. 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 Okay. Okay. good. So we open. With an empty locker room. The most perfect two minutes of television I've ever seen. The most (laughs) (laughs) perfect opening two minutes. (laughs) An empty locker room. The boys come in from now losing their second game. And they're currently 0-2. And Whitey is not impressed with any of them at this point. With their stats or anything. And reminds them that basketball is a team sport. And there is no I in team. In case yeah. any of them don't know how to spell. Right? <laughs> I think he even said that at one point. He's like, in case you don't know how to spell. In case you idiots. Yeah. Think- for- yeah. <laughs> like- yeah. Or I think he said, I hope you go- boys know at least how to spell. Or something like that. He was just on a new one. Well, and it I was- probably doesn't. <laughs> oh, poor Tim. Uh- poor Tim. Uh, then we go to the girls locker room and even though the boys lost, Haley is very happy because (laughs) she's got to get some because she realizes, well, you know, Nathan lost, so he's going to need some consoling. And by consoling, that means Brooke, I need the bedroom. Yep. And Brooke goes, okay, fine. Anything for love. That's fine. Calling a preemptive scrunchie. (laughs) Yes. She's calling a preemptive scrunchie and I love it. Um, Yes, and so she leaves, and Brooke tells Peyton that she'll just have to sleep over at Lucas's and sleep with know, Lucas. Sleep <laughs> with Lucas, yes, because or sleep at Lucas's or whatever, because that's all they're going to do. They've decided to not have sex until their hearts catch up with their hormones. Good, good for them. Fucking luck. <laughs> I say good for them. Jesse says good fucking luck. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Dear Lord. Yes. So then Nathan is leaving and Dan, of course, waits for him and gives him a warning that, you know, he found Haley in his bed the other day. And, you know, he warns him that if Haley gets pregnant, his basketball career is over. Like, did we really need that? Did we really need this? Thank you, Dan. You fucking assholes. The first of many times in my notes that I wrote, God, fuck Dan. Yep. Yep. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I only wrote it once, but it's very big and it's like the grand finale of my notes. It is the uh-huh. very last thing I wrote. Oh yeah. No, there's a lot of there's a lot of opportunities for us to just yell fuck Dan Scott in this, this episode. This episode is savage. Uh-huh. Like there are so many good things in this episode, but it is whether it's Whitey, Whitey especially. Dan uh-huh. is especially savage, just like uh-huh. Haley gets a good moment Ooh. in. They, they like, all, all of them kind of get some good moments this episode, I will say. Everyone in this episode is just like bringing the heat. They're like <laughs> uh-huh. ready to yeah. go. 
Yes. So as they're talking, Haley then comes over and invites Nathan over for her to cook him a nice dinner and maybe breakfast. Yep. Perfect. And Nathan says he'd love to. Great. And Lucas and Brooke are also leaving and they're being very cute. And he's now quoting her letters to poke fun at her a little bit in a loving way. And she's having none of it (laughs) until she screams bloody murder in joy and runs to who, Jesse, who's there? It's daddy. Uncle Keith. Uncle Keith is back. Yay. I was so excited. (laughs) I think I my favorite thing that they did about this return of Keith mm-hmm. is how unceremonious it was. Oh, I oh know. yeah. Yeah. Like it was not some like it wasn't like the Jake Jake reveal from season two when Peyton's buying drugs and it's like, oh, it's Jake Jake. It's Coming just like from the so... shadows of a dark street dimly right. lit to save her like Batman. Ugh. Yeah, none of that. Right. It was just so casual. Yeah. And I just, I loved that because right? it just feels very Keith to me too. It's very real. It's very real. Yeah. It's yeah. very Keith. And I love how Brooke was so excited to see him. I love how excited Brooke is. Absolutely. Right? It's yes. so sweet. Yes. And Brooke immediately says, it's so good to have you back. Is Jules with you? And he says, no. And she says, good. I never liked her anyways. <laughs> In the best Brooke way possible. Uh, and she then gracefully bows out of the evening so Lucas and Keith can catch up. And I love that. Yes. So good job. Good job, Brooke. So, yes, Lucas and Keith do indeed catch up that evening. And Keith tells Lucas that he's approving over the love letters instead of tattoos between <laughs> Brooke and Lucas. Love letters are better than tattoos. Yes. Again, everyone is bringing the savage comments. Yes, yes. Uh, Keith just got back to fucking town, and he's like, "You got you suck at basketball now, huh? Uh-huh. Glad you're not getting any more tattoos." Like, right, right. Or no, even when when Brooke leaves, he's like, "I guess you're over three now." <laughs> just. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Yeah. And Lucas then apologizes to Keith for keeping Jules a secret. And Keith tells him that he forgave him a long time ago. And he says that he went to find Jules, but the woman named Emily is her real name. Isn't Jules. And more importantly, she isn't Lucas's mom. Uh, yes. And he says he also came back because Deb told him everything that happened while he was gone. And we get a rundown of who knows what really happened that night, which is Deb, Keith, Lucas, Dan, sort of. And Peyton knows that Lucas was there. Yeah. So that's the rundown of the people who know what the hell happened with the dealership fire. Uh, and then uh, Keith says something like, I wish you hadn't saved him. And I'm like, uh-huh. none of us, yeah. <laughs> everyone else also wishes he hadn't saved him. Like, come right? on. Right. He, and then he says, um, he asks Lucas to let him surprise Karen. Don't tell her that he's back in town. He's going to surprise her. Lucas is all for it. It's great. It's great. Yep. Then we cut over to Peyton, who gets home to find Ellie in her room, 
And she tells her it's odd to have someone else in the house, but it's it's a good odd. It's a good odd. Right. And turns out they're working on this uh, benefit album, this charity album, and they're sending out calls to every band they can think of, but none have really signed on. No one wants to be the first one to sign on. Um, but the band Not A Surf is playing at a venue not too far away from them. And Ellie says they would be great for the album. We should go talk to them and convince them to sign up to be on the album. Coolio. So I'm not co- This is a real band, right? Not A Surf, yes. Okay, I'm yes. not cool enough to have known who they were. Yes, all so, of the bands that they talk about are all real bands well, when it comes to this album. Because fun fact, Jesse, this is the coolest part about this. After this season is done, they release this actual album. Right, you've been saying that they release an album in conjunction with this season for a while. Yes. And like the fact that all the other bands were real, mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. I real bands that I knew I'm like okay well these people are also real bands yes and this must be the album they're talking yep. about they like released, I, yeah they released one earlier this season that was volume one of a lot of the stuff from like season one and season two but at the end of between three and four I think they release this volume two which album. is the benefit album nice literally track for track for what the girls do to make the album, which is nice. very cool. Yes. So yes, not a surface real band, and they're gonna go talk to them. Coolio. Then we go to Haley and Nathan, and she is cooking him the finest of the mac and cheese. No mm. yeah. what and what was Nathan's one critique? Too much mac, not enough cheese. So Haley goes to grate some He's more cheese for the so mac and cheese. He is the perfect man. <laughs> like <laughs> I mean. Not in like 30 seconds, but like right now with too much Mac, not enough cheese. Uh-huh. Still my heart. There we <laughs> like... go. There we go. Yes. Yes. And Haley, then while she's grating said cheese for the Mac and cheese, she cuts her hand on the cheese grater and Nathan goes to find a band aid. Well, instead, he ends up finding Brooke's birth control, which she promptly comes to the bathroom and is like, what are you looking for, Nate? He's like, oh, band-aids. And she's like, well, those are my birth control patches, so those aren't going to help. Next cabinet over. Then Brooke uh, comes in the living room um, because she tells him, I'm going to sleep on the couch and try to block out the noise of bearing boring married sex. Um, but she also opens the mail and finds that she's been accepted to show her fashion designs at the Rogue Vogue fashion show in New York. And... She's like, this is really cool, but I didn't submit anything. And then Haley immediately goes, well, do you remember when Lucas submitted Peyton's drawings to Thud Magazine? Maybe he did this for you. And Brooke immediately is like, that's super sweet. Yes. Uh-huh. Great, great. <laughs> so then she disappears somewhere in the house. I don't know where the hell she goes. And Nathan comes back with a Band-Aid. She goes to the bedroom because Haley right. and Nathan are uh, right. no longer have dibs on it. <laughs> No, 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 this is not yet, not yet, not yet. No, okay. No, not yet, no. She just kind of disappears for a hot second, I don't know. But Nathan comes back with a Band-Aid and asks her if she was on birth control the other night when they first hooked up again. And she's honest, and she says that night she wasn't, but she is now. And Nathan flips out and leaves. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. I blame no one but Dan for that freak out. 
Oh, exactly. That was uh, some gaslighty bullshit done by Dan Scott. Fuck Dan Scott. Everything bad that happens in this particular episode is, is Dan Scott's fault. Directly involved. Uh-huh. And because of Dan Scott. He has a lot of wooden spoons in the pots stirring everything up this episode. I fuck Dan Scott. Yeah. So many. Yes. yes. Specifically so, wooden spoons. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Then <laughs> then we Uh-oh. cut to 5 a.m. in the morning, the next morning, and Whitey has called all the basketball boys <laughs> to meet and get on a bus because they're going to go to their new gym. And they go into this very decrepit, old, rundown, disgusting old gym. And Whitey tells them that this is where they're going to be practicing and playing their games from now on because his name is on the gym they currently play in and he's tired of them disgracing his name. So he had two options. He can either change his name or they can find a new gym. <laughs> and he likes his name. <laughs> savage. Whitey is savage. <laughs> yes. So yes. And then yes, they're going to play and practice at this gym. But first, they have to clean it up. As a rat just scurries by that's the size of a chihuahua. Uh, uh-huh. I'm like, okay, great, 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 great. And <laughs> yes, yes. So then after that, Lucas comes home to find Brooke rummaging through his entire room. Yep. Like she's tore into everything looking for her letters. And she tells him. That she wants him to come over tonight, but there is a price of admission. Her letters. And he goes, okay, fine, I'll bring the letters. Great. Then at school that morning. <laughs> then she leaves and he's like, yeah, don't worry, I got, I'll clean it up. Right? Like, yeah. She destroys his bedroom. And then just leaves. <laughs> and just and leaves. like, okay, bye, see you later, love you. <laughs> right? Right? Uh... Yes. Back so to then, being just Brooke Dave. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So at school, Brooke gets a drive-by cat fight with Rachel out of her system because Rachel is wearing the dress she made um, at Brooke's place before she runs into Haley and they talk about the quote Naley interruptus. Sorry. Yes? <laughs> I was gonna say, what what are we praising here? <laughs> You're good? The, the only use of the ship name Naley, I will ever accept from here on out is Naley Interruptus. <laughs> God. Like, Chris he- Chris Keller, his whole thing is Naley Interruptus. Like, there's so <laughs> many uses for it, and it's the only way I will accept that awful, awful ship name. <laughs> I'll take note. Yes. <laughs> but um, they they talk about, you know, of course, the typical thing of you know, they're 17 years old. Of course, they don't want to have babies. Um, but then they talk about Nathan and how Haley thinks that he honestly thinks she may have done it on purpose. And she totally didn't. But they have that conversation. There's lots of conversations like this throughout this episode of just, yeah. Do you want to get pregnant? No, I don't want to get pregnant. I'm 17 years old. What the hell do you want from me? Well, like, fucking finally. Right. 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 They've been married for almost a year. Mm-hmm. Oh, maybe not quite. They've been married for six months. <laughs> like, Probably eight or nine at this point. Their eight relationship is barely a year old. Right. Yeah. Because it's the beginning of the school year. Yep. Nathan decided a year ago today that he was going to 
trick Haley into liking him to get back at Lucas. <laughs> no, no, no. That would have right. been a few episodes ago. So we're like a year and I don't know, like two months, maybe. Right. Either way, their Either relationship way, is barely very, a year old as a yes. whole. Yes. Right. Yes. These are usually things. Well, they should be things that people talk about before, like getting married. Uh, again, I'm mm-hmm. not gonna get back on the their teenagers. Why are they married? Train. Why I'm not? They that. do this whole episode. <sighs> they they tried do the to whole pull episode. Me back in it. Uh huh. Yes. Yes. Use then your words, kids. Just yes, words. Them. Words are good. Words are good. Yes. Do you know who also really doesn't use her words? Um, Karen, because <laughs> Keith, Keith when she spikes her. the coffee pot, when she sees Keith for the first time, what? <laughs> Keith, Keith comes into the cafe and Karen is pouring some poor, you know, customer their cup of coffee. And thank God she doesn't drop it on the table on the person. She steps away for two seconds <laughs> and then turns and sees Keith and just drops the coffee pot just straight down. Any other television show and someone would have gotten a lap full of hot coffee. <laughs> like, uh-huh. uh-huh. Yes. Even if this was like modern CW show, uh-huh. someone would have gotten a lap of hot coffee. Yes. And she immediately looks at him and says, you shouldn't have come back because Dan thinks you tried to kill him. And Keith mm-hmm. says, don't worry, because he's going to go talk to Dan, straighten everything out. Cool. Good poor plan. Sweet, See, though. Poor, poor, sweet, naive Keith. Poor sweet summer child Keith. Oh, boy. See, I don't. I don't even think if I don't know if I if I believe that Keith believed that he was going to go to Dan and it was going to end well. Right. I mean, I think he thought he was going to talk to him and they were going to come to maybe a slight understanding of yeah. some sort of like we hate each other. We know this. Leave us all the fuck alone. Well, Keith's you know? been gone for Dan's entire shift into like super villain like yes keith right. was the first casualty of the super villainy arc right but he's been gone mm-hmm. to uh-huh. whatever like invincible super villain dan has now painted himself right yes. Like, yes so he doesn't know the extent he knows right. post heart attack conniving dan he does not know post murder plot i can i am literally invincible post eating a piece of wedding cake off (laughs) with his hand with his hand like like you remember that though he's like doing his mustache twirly business where he's like cut the i'm like we were like he's nice flash right knocks the groom over and says one down one Uh right keith had fucked off by that point keith has no idea how bad dan got no he has no idea what he's getting himself into poor boy um, but then he tells her, he tells Karen this, he tells her that he thought of her every day he was gone. Yeah, but I did. she's, she's much prettier than he remembered. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she is. <laughs> Karen Rowe, Miss Karen Rowe has heart eyes this whole fucking episode. Uh-huh. Yep. And Everyone I, is savage except uh, Karen Rowe, who is just the heart eyes emoji the entire episode. Yeah, she is the embodiment of the heart eyes emoji <laughs> the yes. whole episode. Yes. Yeah, then we cut back to Until the, the end anyway. Oh god. We don't need to talk about it. In in my opinion, this whole series is done. <laughs> as soon as get, get back. we'll get there. We'll get there. Yes. Yes. We'll get there. <laughs> but first, but first, um we cut to the basketball boys 
are cleaning the gym and Nathan's just not really into cleaning. Like he just doesn't want to clean at all. He's too, too good for it. He's too good for it. According to Lucas. Yeah. They get into it and Whitey interrupts them and breaks it up. And Nathan immediately just walks out of the gym and even he even walks out during a Whitey screaming his name, which to any other person would make them stop dead in their tracks and go, yes, sir. What? <laughs> God. Yeah. Nathan's like, fuck you. I have bigger problems. My dad ghastly and gaslit me into thinking that my estranged wife wants a baby. Right. Uh, fuck uh. you, Whitey. I respect your authority, but my dad is trying to ruin my marriage again. Come on. <laughs> I mean, we're neither one of you are wrong. Uh, yeah. <laughs> So then we go to Keith, who comes to the mayor's office to see Dan. And Keith's idea of talking to Dan is basically threatening him and saying, Dan, if I wanted you dead, you'd be dead. Not the way to convince someone you didn't kill, try to kill. Right? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And then Dan proceeds to show Keith the video of him buying the same bottle of booze that was used to poison Dan. Why does Dan just have that video ready? Does he watch yeah. it every morning to remind yes. himself why yes. he's being evil? I'm pretty sure he does. I'm pretty sure he does. Because yes. he like he truly he had that shit ready to go. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> he used the fuck up. Yeah. 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 Well, Ooh, now boy. you know now that he ruined his placement on that security tape. He has now that Keith's leaving the office, he has to go back and carefully rewind it mm-hmm. like second by second to cue mm-hmm. it back up. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And so then Keith goes to leave, but not before telling Dan that if he ever touches Lucas again, he'll wish Keith had killed him. Again. Keith. Mm. <laughs> not the way to that. say that I didn't kill you, Dan. I didn't try to kill you. That's not the way to do it, Keith, but okay. Can we, you, you did miss the best interaction in this scene. Uh, Keith walks into the office and Dan says, oh, you finally grew the balls to come back to Tree Hill, did you? And Keith goes, oh, I've always, so Dan says, oh, you finally grew a pair. Keith says, oh, I've always had a pair. Just ask your wife. (laughs) Boom, boom, (laughs) boom, boom, boom. Savage. <laughs> I forgot about that. Oh my god. Things I yeah. things I forgot about because I watched the episode a week ago. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So then we go uh, Dan again and he comes to the house to his house to find that Nathan has changed the locks and changed the alarm codes. We call Nathan's that like pulling a Deb Scott. <laughs> Nathan's like this is not your house, dad. <laughs> it's not your house, dad. The divorce papers were post-dated. <laughs> right? We're, we're done. We're done. This is not your house. Go away. Um, and then they talk about how um, Nathan found out about the prestigious basketball school that uh, Dan didn't let him go to when he was younger. And they have a conversation about that. And then Dan sows even more seeds of doubt about Haley to Nathan. And it's just another gaslighting monologue done by Dan that I but hate. This one makes Nathan go, Fuck. This is my dad. Why am I believing a word he says? Uh-huh. And he hightails it to talk to Haley. Yep. <laughs> yep. 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 Then. But also, we, Dan is like, if you want to go, I'll make a call. Right, and right. Nathan's like, no. <laughs> right. That's not the point. <laughs> yeah. The point was, I could have gone and you didn't give me a choice. Dad. Oh, dad. 
I wish I this man say, would start calling him Dan like Lucas does. Like, uh-huh. come on. Though I will say there is a special way that James Lafferty says dad to him that is just so extra and disrespectful. He's like, dad. It's the I learned it from you, dad tone. It is really what it is. is. <laughs> it really is. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> so then we go back to the other Scott brother, Keith, good Scott who, brother. <laughs> who is changing Karen's oil for her daddy uncle keith is is back back in full force (laughs) he's back and taking care of business he's changing his woman's oil he's playing catch with his nephew son he is yep Yep. and karen thanks him and uh she told him that you know he well he asked about andy and Karen told him that Andy was great, but he wasn't the one for her. And it took her going to New Zealand to realize everything she wanted was right there in Tree Hill. Uh, and then she gets in her car and leaves. Sure. Yep. Uh, Lucas then immediately comes home and he and Keith have the most wholesome father son moment of throwing around a football and talking about their girls. Yep. Awesome and I names has entered the chat. So much. What? Austin Ames has entered the chat. <laughs> God. Using them football skills there, Lucas. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh. Which, fun fact, that's what Chad, uh, Chad Michael Murray played in high school was football. He was well, a football yeah, player. Remember one of the photos in Dan's desk from mm-hmm. season two was of baby Chad Michael Murray in his mm-hmm. football uniform. Yep. Yes. And I remember, I don't remember if I said it out loud then, but I was like, why does he have a photo in a football uniform when it's Canon Lucas has played basketball his entire life? When he's a football boy or a basketball boy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then, oh, then we get one of my favorite scenes, which is Peyton and Ellie go into the Surf Nada show. It's sold out. They don't have tickets to get in. And Peyton's like, how are we going to get in? And Ellie's just like, watch and learn. She pulls out a cell phone, starts talking a bunch of mumbo jumbo manager, writer stuff, and literally says to the bouncer, she's with me. He opens the door and they get in backstage. And she says, and she says this first rule of a rock tour. Nobody knows what anybody else is doing. (laughs) (laughs) Caitlin, my dear, the floor is yours. The floor is yours. No. (laughs) <laughs> that's not correct <laughs> maybe it was in 2005 but even then I doubt it <laughs> well, this is though I will say Ellie was right? very convincing oh she like, was very good she was very if I good. were a bouncer at a club and it was my first day I would have uh-huh. believed her uh-huh. like <laughs> yes yeah there were a lot of factors to make that believable and it would have to be that the bouncer was just on his first day and had no yeah. idea what he was doing poor guy yeah I was but. like in some ways, she is not wrong because the more you look like you know what you're doing, the less people are going to question your authority. Exactly. But at the same time, they're going to check. Where for were a those badge. working passes? Yes. <laughs> where was that working pass? Where was that AAA pass? Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know that those bouncers were given a sheet from the tour manager with mm-hmm. every kind of pass that's possible. Who can have, well, not who can have one, but what each pass means and where it gets them. Mm-hmm. So, no. Yeah. Just no. So, yeah, they get backstage and Ellie then points out the manager of the band to her 
and sends Peyton to go talk to him. She's like, I got you in here. Now you go do the work. And Peyton goes to talk to the band's manager and gives a very convincing speech about how the band should be on this this record. And the guy's kind of into it, and he says, I'll talk to the band about it. Which is very cool to watch Peyton kick ass that way, I thought. Well, we she made saw, me proud. We mm-hmm. saw her do that same thing with... Uh, with Coke Daddy Rick, right? In season two, when she's trying to get Trick off the ground and trying to get bands together for Teen Night or whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, she yeah, just, with that band that's arguing. Right. Mm-hmm. She knows the bands. She not only yeah. knows the music and cares about the music, she knows the... The history. The history of all of these bands that she loves. Like, she is deep music nerd, which yes. is great just so much fun to watch her be like excellent at something that isn't angsty drawing you know Mm -hmm. Mm because we know she's excellent on that so yeah exactly nice i like yes yes so then we go back to uh brooke and Haley's apartment and lucas comes over and nathan is close to follow and lucas and brooke both drag each other to the bedroom and immediately just kick Haley out of the bedroom (laughs) Like, literally just shove her out and <laughs> shut the door behind her. Yep. And Nathan and Haley have another conversation about the birth control and why she went off the birth control. And Haley tells him, it's because I wasn't around you and I was on tour. And contrary to everyone's popular belief here, I was not sleeping with Chris Keller. Nope. And this whole conversation is beautiful. Uh-huh. In the savagery. Uh-huh. And we talked about Haley being savage in this particular conversation, but it's just like, like the snappy comebacks from her are so akin to what are you going to do? Snorter? <laughs> right. Right. That's the energy Haley is giving in this argument with her husband. Yes. yes. And it's, uh-huh. I, I love it. And especially love Lucas and Brooke listening at the door like they're children. Yes, because like, they start to have because because I will say Lucas says to Brooke while they're starting to have sexy times, he's like, I promised myself I was gonna wait till I was in love before I had sex again. And Brooke's like, Oh, okay. And he's like, Good thing I'm in love again. And then they start to smooch and then they hear them yelling, and it's like, Oh, okay. Cut to them listening at the door and Brooke I, saying, God, it's like I'm back home with my parents. But with less drinking and death threats. <laughs> right. <laughs> Right, <laughs> but like, also like, seriously, this is the first actual fight uh-huh. that Nate has allowed them to have. Yeah, because like he said in the first scene, they're talking. I'm leaving because you don't want me to say what I am thinking, mm-hmm. and he leaves. And Haley's mm-hmm. like, "This is your fucking deal, dude." You got right, to stop right. walking away. I, I will say my favorite thing she does say in this entire thing is, and where was the condom, Mr. Responsible? It was real good. Haley was co- so good. None so, of his bullshit. Right. Taking none of it. Right. It was so, <laughs> so good. And it culminates with Nathan asking to see her birth control pills and Haley loses it, gives him the pills and tells him his future as a basketball player is definitely secure. As her husband, it's questionable. And she leaves. Yep. It's always yeah. a power move to walk out of your own apartment during uh-huh. a fight. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Then Absolutely. It, it, yeah. 
Then we cut to commercial and come back to see Lucas and Brooke sitting on the floor and they hear a second door shut and they go, okay, maybe he left. And Brooke goes, or maybe she came back to kill him. (laughs) This had a big, uh, you guys remember that episode of Friends when Ross and Rachel were breaking up and yes. all the other, the rest of them were stuck in the bedroom. Yep. And like, yes. Joey had to pee the whole episode, but they like couldn't leave because yep. they were like their best friends were potentially breaking up forever. Uh-huh. That's what this energy was. They were yep. really yes. bringing the we were on a break fight energy. Like, they were trapped in that bedroom. Yep. <laughs> yes. Yes. So Brooke, while they're sitting on the floor, admits to Lucas that she really just wanted to bring him over to thank him for submitting her stuff to Rogue Vogue. And Lucas is like, what's that? I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) Fucking dummy. (laughs) And so then they go off on the letters and he tells her that he loves her letters because they're so open and honest. And Brooke says it's really hard for her to be so open. Why is that? And Lucas says, it's okay to be open because I promise I'm not going to hurt you again. And she decides to give him the letters back to read. Uh-huh. So the, so they're, they're, they're opening the doors just a little more, a little more, just a little more. Just a wee bit. A wee oh. bit more. I love and it. And this is where I wrote, was it Rachel or was it Chris? Like, uh, Ben and I had a full pause the television show conversation about, well, it might be Rachel because, like, she was being so sketchy about the dresses and the designs and whatever. But, like, this is Chris's M.O. Chris loves supporting a an artistic woman in, like, a really weird, underhanded way. Like, mm-hmm. so we, we thought it could be either. Could go either way. Okay. Yes. So, yeah. So then... We go to Ellie and Peyton and they are coming home from the concert. And Ellie tells her that whatever happens with the band, she's very proud of her. And she tells her um, that her mom would be proud of her, too. And kind of tells her a little bit of backstory and says that her mom is the reason that she picked them to be her parents um, because they were so cool. And apparently the terms of the adoption was once Ellie had Peyton, she was whisked away to Larry and Anna, and Ellie was not to see her again. But Anna brought her back to Ellie to spend a little time with her after she was born to let her say goodbye. And Peyton, in that conversation, asks her about her cancer, and Ellie tells her that she didn't have the surgery, but she did have chemo, and it made her really sick, but it got rid of the cancer for a while, but it came back, and now she's here with her, making the record. And at the end of that, Peyton gets the call from the manager that Not A Surf is in for the album. Yay! Yay. I love this conversation between the two of them. It's so good. It's so good. It's a great conversation. And it's nice because, like, we get to learn more about Anna. Mm -hmm. Because in all the conversations you know that Larry and Peyton have had about her, they have these conversations from a place of someone who loved her and knew her so they don't give much backstory beyond the story about when Peyton came home and Mm -hmm. what Anna was like. Mm -hmm. So it's just, it's nice to hear more about Anna from an outsider. 
Yeah. Well, and all of Larry and Peyton's uh, conversations are also from a place of mourning. Yes. Like right. all of their conversations start with like, I miss her. I miss her so much, you know, like, and those, those conversations from a place of mourning also tend to like color how you remember someone. Right. Yep. Right. So, Absolutely. Yeah. No. So this was, this was like an outside view of, Larry and Anna's marriage, you know, how, like, and how Anna just, like, was with Peyton and the whole thing. Like, yeah, it was. And other people. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I just, I love their chemistry, the two of them together. It's so good together. It is. A plus to the casting people for casting Cheryl Lee in this role because it's so good. And she's so good with Hillary. Yeah. I honestly, like. I wonder, I'd love to know, like, if Peyton's mom had always been not with us or if, like, there was a moment where they were casting her mom and they brought Cheryl in and then they changed their minds. Because the chemistry, like you said, the chemistry between Cheryl and Hillary is so natural. And obviously, you know, like, just Ellie's mannerisms and personality, like, you're I mean we saw it last episode with the fight they had that like it's like oh yeah no like that's that's Payne's mother they fight yeah. the same way yeah. like so well, I just and I, I would, I that's something because, I would love to know yeah I wonder because I mean we found out very early on in this show that her mom had died because we got that right. wonderful episode with her and Whitey together mm-hmm. talking about that loss. was like was episode so, two or three it was, it was, was real yeah. early it was real so early. early yeah yeah well and but, we know they reshot the pilot so I yes. I'd be very curious to know. And I wonder if maybe we'll find out once drama Queens gets into season three. Probably. But yeah, probably. So, so yeah, anyway, then we go over to Lucas who comes over to Nathan's house and tells him about last year with, uh, his and Brooks pregnancy scare that they had. And he said it scared him so much. And more importantly, what it does, especially for them, is put them in Dan's shoes. Mm-hmm. I had completely forgotten about their pregnancy scare. Uh-huh. Fully forgotten. Yeah. That was a season one thing. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. And he says, he's really, he just kind of lays it out to Nathan. He says the team needs him back. And he says if they get a streak going, they could actually have a chance at state. And that would be great for everybody, not just him and Lucas. Yeah. Poor little Dim needs a win, too. Come on, Nate. Right. (laughs) Yes. So then we go back to the new gym and Dan comes in while everyone's painting and getting stuff ready and tells Whitey that he made a few calls and Nathan isn't going to play for him anymore. And Nathan walks in right behind Dan and says, yeah, that's not true. Leave, Dan. And at some point during Dan's conversation with Whitey, he says that Nathan's not going to play in this crap hole, Jim. And Whitey says to Dan, get out of my crap hole, Danny. Uh, Whitey. I'm just going to say it one more time. Get out of my crap hole, Danny. It's That's going on a t-shirt. Jesse approached Brody and I with a merch idea earlier this week and it was a great idea and someday I do want to do it 
I yeah. <laughs> because it's it is a fantastic idea, but also get out of my crap <laughs> hole, my Danny. Crap hole, Danny. <laughs> It needs to be on a shirt or on a bumper sticker. I feel like a bumper sticker would be appropriate because then it's like, because, you know, people, if they're tailing you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Oh, God. Yeah, that that is now the dream. I want a series of bumper stickers that are whitey-isms. That are, are, uh, get out of my crap hole, Danny. Uh, Damn What? Damn your sperm. Damn your sperm, Danny. Damn your sperm. Where's Harvey Lee Oswald when you need it? <laughs> there are so many. So many. So many. Oh. God. No. I just, I was, cl- this is a tangent. I was cleaning all of the old TikToks I had saved on my phone out because I'm like out of phone memory. And I found one that it was just a zooming in on a car that had a small little sticker on its bumper that was a picture of Ted Cruz. And it was, it looked like, it looked like a, a campaign pin. He had like the the flag behind him, but it said, this man ate my son. And <laughs> it's the best thing I have ever seen. Dear God. Oh my God! On <laughs> yeah. So then, so then, can we do a Dan Scott picture that says "This man ate my son"? Sure, why not? Sure. Oh, also, also, uh, while we're on unrelated tangents, I I asked Ben if we could get a robot vacuum, like a Roomba, and I and uh-huh. I told him I wanted to name it Dan Scott because it's gonna suck so hard, <laughs> and, and he told me no. Uh, uh, ben, shot damn down. Ben. Shut God damn down. Ben. That's the end uh, of my tangent list. Thank okay. you. Ben, for, thank you for coming. I, I feel it's, like I've been meaning to ask this for a while. But in addition to, you know, providing boyfriend hot takes and being more excited about the show than you are, does he actually listen to the podcast? Absolutely not. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the most I wasn't listened- sure if he ever heard the things that we've said about him. I mean, no. obviously none of them are bad, but like, I was just curious if he ever listens or if he just provides he, radical candor. He like, just provides the content. He doesn't... Uh, engage with it no the most he's ever heard of that heard this podcast is when i get a little too shouty and he can hear me from downstairs while we're recording <laughs> that's fair <laughs> there we go oh love it okay so then back to the show uh we cut what to, happens next well jesse you'll want to know this because it's about keith it is karen is this- this and is the portion of the episode when I just start chanting, kiss the Keith, kiss the Keith, kiss, over and over and over. My God. So they're having dinner at the cafe, and she also apologizes to him for not telling him about Jules, and he says it's totally fine. And she also tells him that she saw him the day of the fire. So, Jesse, you were right. Keith was there the day of the fire. And... He said that he was actually there to see her, and then he found out she was going to New Zealand. So instead of seeing her, he went and bought a bottle of booze and had a drink in a hotel room and then had a few more. And then we get a flashback to the night of the dealership fire, 
and Keith is getting drunk in a hotel room and Deb comes in and tells and he tells her that he's going to go kill Dan because that's the only way he's ever going to stop. He's never going to leave him alone. That's the only way they can stop him for good. And Deb talks him out of it. She says, no, that's not the way we can't do that. And she takes his gun. Then later that night, Deb comes back and told Keith what she did, that she set fire to the dealership and she's worried. And Keith says, nope, they'll think it's an accident and I'll just leave town and we'll forget that any of it ever happened and it'll be just fine. And we come back to the present to find a very shocked Karen. What's interesting, though, about that conversation with Keith after Deb sets the fire is she's not so much concerned that she set the fire and uh-huh. like she did a bad thing. She goes like she actually says he got out. Uh-huh. Like, yeah, like, she's not sad about the fact that he's worried about. Yeah, no, she's not worried about the fact, the fact that, that, that somehow this man fucking survived. Yes. Yep. She's mad that he actually got out and survived. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Aren't we all? Aren't we all? Uh, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we leave it on Karen with a shocked face going, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know how to take this. Okay. Most people wouldn't. Right. <laughs> and she's like, we're talking about murder here. And, and also, I just really love the Deb and, and Keith relationship uh-huh. because you, I mean, obviously, yes, we know that they were friends and they, especially in the first two seasons, really bonded over how trash Dan was to them both. But uh-huh. it's nice. I feel like it's just, it was really nice to see that close relationship that like he was comfortable enough. Like when he was like quite possibly blackout drunk, getting ready to go kill his brother, uh-huh. he called Deb. Uh-huh. Like that's, and that's just really nice. Cause it's just like it, it was nice to see that obviously we know just from the context of the show that, Keith has been there for Karen for the last mm-hmm. 17 years, but he's also managed to maintain a relationship with Deb, even if he didn't know Nathan that well. Yeah. So it was just, it was nice to see Keith have someone else other than a 65 year old man and the love of his life. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> well, and also I think there might also be a thing where Keith has gotten out of this abusive cycle with Dan, true. right? That and, is true. And left Deb there to ostensibly, right? Like, uh-huh. even though Deb is not his responsibility, like he still, if anyone else in the world can understand how Dan is and how abusive and dangerous he can be, it's Deb. Uh-huh. And I think there sure. is also, uh, especially like right now. Well, and even in his language, when he was like super drunk and Deb came and took his gun he he's like he's not gonna stop Deb. Like he will never stop making your life miserable, right? And like, yeah. So there's that like guilt thing too, where they're like both victims of endless abuse. Like, and Keith got out and left Deb there. I'm sure he feels super guilty about yeah. it. Yeah. Well, and he even says to Karen, he says, you know, one of the best things I ever did was give Deb a second chance, and if anyone deserves it, it's Deb. After everything yeah. she's been through. So, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yep. He's such a good guy. Oh, listen. I'm so glad to see Keith. I'm so glad to see him. But in the back of my brain, I'm like, this is too good. This is too good. With him and Karen. Like, mm-hmm. it's too happy. The show will not let me be that happy. We have 
witnessed it time and time again. <laughs> Dan Scott's still alive. Jake Jake rode away on a micro mi- on a microphone. On a microphone. Uh, <laughs> he just hopped on that on that microphone and said yip yip and off he went. <laughs> Dear God. You know it. Oh boy. No, the show won't let me be happy, and my heart was too happy when he was fixing Karen's car and playing football with his nephew son. Uh something bad is gonna happen. Worse, I think, than what happens at the end of this episode. Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> so anyway. I hate both of you. <laughs> Speaking of people who will not just let me be happy, my co-hosts. <laughs> Tough titty. Moving on. Uh, we get to Nathan and Lucas now. They are in the gym. Okay. That is. That is uh, <laughs> all I can say is Jesse. The feeling is mutual. It's one tree hill after dark, y'all. Welcome oh, to yeah, it. It is. Oh god. Uh, yeah. So anyway, moving on. We get to Lucas and Nathan, and they're now in the new gym that is quote unquote cleaner. It's cleaner than it was. Uh, there, there's no Chihuahua-sized rats running around anymore. Oh, thank God. That we know it. <laughs> They're all hiding. The, no, the only rat that was in that gym lately was Dan. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. So the boys are like, oh, it, it doesn't look too bad. And they say, let's see how it plays. So they start to play a game of one-on-one until Lucas drives Nathan to a certain spot in the floor and steals the ball from him. And he says, there's a dead spot in this floor. And they realize that they could use the gym and all its little quirks to their advantage. Genius. And right. the brothers are back. They're, they're, yeah, right? They agree on something. They agree on something. The boys are boys are inching closer. Alexa, uh, play the boys are back from, from High School Musical 3. <laughs> I was really waiting for her to say something. But anyway, moving on. Uh, we get to... Uh, Peyton's house and we find out she has gotten not only not a surf but Jimmy World and a few others for the album already um, but Haley's there with her and she asks her if she wants to be on the record and Haley says hell yes uh, right Haley's name on the door hold on yep, yep. <laughs> what <laughs> I had questions about this and I still do okay <laughs> the whole premise of Peyton going to Ellie's is to share Haley's demo with her yep. because uh-huh. she wants uh-huh. yep. to put out a record uh-huh. with the song on it to raise money to better. I guess she cancer. finally asked Haley's permission. <laughs> I guess, but I was well. I feel like we had this conversation too, where, where we were all like, "Did she, ask did she not ask Haley?" Yeah, right, I guess not. No. <laughs> the answer to that is no. She didn't the actually. The answer that we have come to learn is no. Fine. No, but the good news yet. is Haley's all for it, so it doesn't matter. We're all good. Yeah, not that I thought she would ever say no. It was just yeah. like, okay, the answer to this question is no. Like, yeah. yes. <laughs> right. So they ceremoniously write Haley's name on the door because that's what they're doing. They've got one side of her. Peyton redecorated her room slightly. She painted the door with bands she wanted, and then the other side of the door is bands they've gotten. So they get to write Haley's name on the door, which is very cool. Then. Then we cut over to Lucas coming home to Karen catching him in a lie because skills called about the fact that Brooke or about the fact that Lucas spent the night over at Brooke's house. And she said, if you're going to lie, at least tighten up your alibi. 
Because obviously he said he was going to spend the night at Skills's, not Brooks, when he told his mom. Uh, Skills. Oh, Skills. <laughs> right. Oh, boy. Spending and so much time with Bevan. Honors program didn't teach him that. <laughs> nope. To not be a snitch. Exactly. To um, be cool, man. Don't be uh, all uncool. Uh, yeah, but he promises that they're being safe and they're all good. And the conversation they have turns to Keith and Lucas tells her that she needs to let go of all of the reasons not to and just let her heart have what it deserves with Keith. No, kiss the Keith, kiss the Keith, kiss the Keith. OK, then we get to our montage moments and uh-huh. we get Nathan apologizing to Haley, but Haley immediately going, okay, but wait a minute. Like, dude, really? (laughs) And they have a whole conversation about how neither of them are ready to have a baby. And it kind of fades away. We don't get the full conversation, but obviously they're much better now. They're all good. And they're talking Uh, about it. Yes. They're talking about it. They're using Jesse. They're using their words. They are. They're They're communicating words. It's great. It's great. And then we get Brooke looking at the sketches for Rogue Vogue and she sees the sketch of the red dress and she flashes to Rachel and it's like, did Rachel submit these? Maybe that's what goes through Brooke's brain. Then we get a real quick one of Ellie writing Fallout Boy on the door because they are now in on the album. And Fallout Boy! Peyton, <laughs> Peyton looks a little blue, a little sad down in the dumps and Ellie asks her what's wrong and Peyton asks her to please be here when the album drops. She wants her to be here when the album is there. And Brooke then goes to confront Rachel about possibly submitting her to Rogue Vogue and Rachel tells her that yes, she did do it because her designs are good and Brooke says okay, well thank you and she walks away and Rachel in her best supervillain voice says no, thank you. What the fuck is she up to? Stupid shit. Uh-huh. Stupid shit. It's Rachel. Stupid, it's stupid shit. shit. It's stupid shit. She uh, went to the school of Dan Scott super villainy. Uh-huh. She got her mustache she's, she's still in, in the there. novice she, class, though. She hasn't, like, right. fully yeah. evolved. She hasn't learned how to eat the wedding cake yet. No, nope. <laughs> she hasn't. She's, in, she's still in villainy 101, but uh-huh. she is there. Yes. That's where she's learning these things. Yeah. And then we get Lucas mailing his first rebuttal letter to Brooke. This is very cute. Very sweet. So cute. Very sweet. sweet. I forgot he does this for her. And it Uh says, don't burn this one on the back of it. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Yes. (laughs) Yep. That was. Yep. 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 (laughs) And then finally, we get to Keith, who comes over to Karen's and... She says there's always been something to get between them, but she's not going to let that happen anymore. And they kiss. It's very <laughs> sweet and nice until the cops show up and arrest Keith for attempted murder. <laughs> and we end the episode with Karen staring at Dan across the street while he's looking smug as hell. And if looks could kill, he would drop dead of another heart attack right uh... now. Oh, it wouldn't even be a heart attack. It'd be like it's, this fucking basilisk in Harry Potter where he just had to look at her and right? like yeah. he would no, feel head nothing. Would that is how yeah. fast it would end. Oh, <laughs> yeah. And the episode ends there. What did we think, kids? I Keith loved it. Back. I hated it. Keith's back. If I have to go 
whole other half season with romance happening through a fucking jail window, I'm going to be pissed. Pissed. I was about to be like another, and then I remember Jake Jake. Jake, Jake and Peyton. All of Jesse's favorite ships just go to jail. Yeah, that is true. Uh-huh. <laughs> Keith Those has indeed been arrested. Rip. Those fucking Tree Hill cops pulled guns on this unarmed man who's just making out with this woman. Like, they came at him with guns drawn. Uh-huh. I'm like, Well, according to Dan, he's a dangerous man. He's very yeah. dangerous. Turn that, dangerous. turn that mirror around, sir. Come God. on. Yep. I just, oh. Yeah, what a way to end an episode, huh? A declaration of love, a smooch, and an arrest all in the same 30 seconds. Completely forgot that that happened. Uh Like, I fully forgot that Dan actually has him arrested. Yep. Like, uses his brand new... He has been the mayor of Tree Hill for 12 seconds, and he's already (laughs) abused his power. Uh Like, and not just once, but twice, because you know he abused it to get that video, too. Uh So it's just like... He's got the police in his back pocket. We know that. Oh, of course. He's upgraded from Jeeves to the Tree Hill Police Force. Oh, poor Jeeves. I hope he's okay. Uh, Well, he's with his friend, uh, whatever the hell his name was. Wow. I hope they're both okay because both their employers have moved on. Right. Well, hopefully, hopefully Jeeves and Bob got to go to New Zealand with Andy and now they're they're sharing a flat in New Zealand. They're enjoying their free health care. Yes. Living in yeah, New they are. Zealand. Yes. They are indeed. Uh, That's what they're doing. Jeeves and Bob lived happily ever after in New Zealand together. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's my headcanon for that one. Uh, yeah. Um, I, and it's happily ever after. Gosh. Like, honestly. Unlike Karen and Keith. Fuck Ugh. Dan Scott. Ah. I. Uh, yeah. Okay. Anything. Do we want to talk about anything else in this episode? Like the Brooke and Lucas stuff, which is adorable. Cute. I love it so Next. much. Cute. Yes, so good. Perfect. Nathan and Haley, what do we think? Cute. We like it. They're communicating. I Fine. like it. Great. I love that they're communicating. I love, love that they're, that they're learning yes. to use yes. their words and learning from their past mistakes because the last time one of them walked out, Haley went on tour. Uh-huh. uh-huh. So- yeah, one of them didn't leave town after they walked out after a fight, so that's right. progress. Exactly. That's real progress for the two of them. Uh, yes. Huge progress. Yes. Huge, huge progress. Yes. Me? Ellie and Peyton, we love. Love yes, it. Go ahead. Nate had great progress with yes. people. This he had like he and Lucas had a civil conversation. He yep. had a great conversation with his wife. Like, great. Good job. Right. Is he, is he tiptoeing it. away from being complete douchebag again? Or is he, you know? He's he's edging back towards like season two Nate as opposed yes. to season one Nate, where he has been all yes. ten season episodes so far. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. And he even changed the locks and the alarm code on his shitty dad. He uh-huh. didn't, like, yeah. he, he's like, no, you're not coming back in the house. And I love the fact and, that Nathan just has that entire house to himself now. Yeah. That's my favorite thing. He's got this giant McMansion to himself. I know. Because he kicked Dan out. That. Yep. Yep. Dev's, it's like, seriously, Dev's they could all just live it. They could all just live in the McMansion together and it'd be great. Yeah. Like, let's just move them all in. Hell yeah. Why not? Why not? Brooke, that would Haley, be Peyton, a Lucas, disaster or the funniest show on the planet. Right? Real world Tree Hill. That is literally the words that were about to come out of my mouth, Brody. <laughs> yes, yes. The five of them with, what? what is it? Is it seven strangers? So we got to get skills and mouth in there too. There we go. 
what there's about our Dim? Cast. We gotta have we have to have Dim in there. Okay, fine. Dim can come if in. Dim is not in there. He's gonna break in and sleep in the garage. That's true. That's true. Like, <laughs> yeah, Dim, get, Dim, Dim gets to sleep in the attic above the garage. That's yep. where Dim yeah, gets yeah. to sleep. And they yeah. they stop being what and start being real. What's the tagline? They stop being polite and start polite. being real. Yep, 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 yep. God, I, I, used to, I used to know that been whole polite thing. this entire series, <laughs> except for Haley. Mingus is very polite. Mingus is extremely polite. Mouth is very polite. I'm sad. That's the one thing I will say. We didn't get any mouth this episode. No. But we got Keith. We got Keith. We did. We got the missing piece from our opening credits gang. The fact we got, we got, get out of my crap hole, Danny. That just makes up for (laughs) anything we might have missed this episode. Just get out of my crap hole, Danny. I love um, Barry Corbin so much. I love I, him. Oh. Has he been on Drama Queens yet? He is still with us, no. correct? Yes, he is yes. still with okay. us. Well, he's yes. on Cameo, so I'd fucking hope he's yes. still You're right. No, I and, forgot. And fun fact, he's actually on <laughs> the, the other... Barry Corbin is doing cameos. <laughs> God, I can't. Stop it. Get your Mickey board, kids. We're doing a cameo. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. No, what I was going to say is he is on uh, my other favorite show that is currently on uh, 911 Lone Star. He is plays he really? one of the firefighters' with, dads, and he Rob, is hilarious. Yes, but he is hilarious. He He's basically like, he's an old Texas cattle rancher. He's like if when, you know, Whitey retired, he moved to Texas, bought him a cattle farm. Yeah. Named That's every every cow must Camilla. be. Yes. Like his photo on Cameo must be from that show because he's dressed like a cowboy sitting uh-huh. on the back of a horse. Yep. On Cameo for his yep. photo. And I, wasn't he also on that show, The Ranch, with Ashton Kutcher and that Scientologist ash- asshole? Uh, uh, that that Netflix show, The Ranch. I don't know. I think I've seen it him on that. He probably was. He's also on Modern Family. Family. Yeah. Was he? Yeah. He's, oh yeah, he's been on tons of stuff. No. He's Cam's dad. Yeah. Oh, of course he is. Yep. God, yeah, he's love... Cam's dad. Fuck yep. my life. I he's... love Barry Corbin so much. <laughs> right? Oh, it's the best. It's the best. Um, yeah, okay. Anything else we want to say about this episode? <laughs> yep. If I was still on dating Jesse apps. just brought up the photo uh-huh. of Cameo. Uh-huh. If I were still on dating apps, this would be like my sixth picture on Tinder. Like, <laughs> I can't. I'm saving this picture on my phone. It might be my Apple Watch background before the day is out. Uh... Right? Oh, God. It's great. Okay. Anyway, um, anything <laughs> else we want? like Wilford Brimley. Well, duh. <laughs> Sorry. Like, what did you expect? <laughs> it's so, to- and it's totally. No, actually, that's not him on the show. He does not have that same facial hair on the show. So that that's just that's just, that's just Barry. That is that's Barry just Barry. That that's just Barry. That's just Barry. Even better. That's well, just Barry Corbett. Corbett That he was like the most. <laughs> like respectful but flirty human being on the planet <laughs> in that cast. Like he would just be the biggest charmer 
of the entire cast to everybody else. They love him on that show. I believe it. So uh, okay. A gift. Love Barry Corbin. Barold yeah. Corbin. Barold. He's down north. Barold Corbin. Barold W. Corbin is his name. <laughs> the is w- it really? No, the W stands for Whitey, <laughs> and no one can continue. The w stands for Whitey. <laughs> no, his actual name is Leonard Barry Corbin. FYI. No, I, I see that now. No, his yeah. name is Barold. <laughs> Barold. <laughs> Barold Whitey Corbin. Thank <laughs> you. Canon. <laughs> I think we need to go. <laughs> yeah, guys, we're real sorry that we just descended no. into this madness. No, we're not. Unapologetic but chaos. I'm not sorry. Please okay, do it, fine. We're not sorry. Thanks so much for listening, guys. As always, don't forget to like, rate, and subscribe to the podcast. It really does help us out with the algorithms and all that fun stuff. Uh, thanks so much for listening. Uh, follow us on social media. We are everywhere at On Wednesday's Pod. If you want to Get in touch with us. You can hit us up in the uh, Instagram DMs. That's where most people usually hit us up. And then, uh, yeah, we'll see you guys next week for another wonderful episode of On Wednesdays We Watch One Tree Hill. We'll see you guys next week. Bye. 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 Bye.